Welcome to Crackin' the Vault, a dive into Centrum's musical archives. My name's Peter McCracken. Today we'll be in and out of the archives. We're going to hear some tales about some of the worst and the best musical gigs that anyone's ever had from all over the world. But first, here's some Jerry Ricks from the year 2000. Hey, 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 baby, hey, 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 baby, hey, hey, Lord, I'll be your man, but I, I ain't gonna be your dog. I didn't write it, I love you, baby, but it sure won't help my way. I love you, baby, and I sure can't help my way. When I put my arms around you, all I can say is, hey, hey. Hey, hey, now your man done gone. Hey, hey, now your man done gone Found out you was lying and now I've said you're wrong Okay, on to the strange gigs. And first up is Mr. Greg Miller, who's in a band called The Lips back in high school and college. And he's got this story to tell. So in 1975, I was playing in a little rock and roll band. California side of Lake Tahoe. 
at a, at a bar there. And um, we started playing on Monday night. We were going to play Monday through Saturday. Played Monday night. And um, it, it, it was typical that um, you just get paid at the end of the week. After you've done your six, six nights, you get your money and, and went on to the next gig. Uh, in this case, the owner uh, said, hey, uh, come up to my office to get paid for tonight. Okay, so I went up there and um, there was a, a guy sitting in the corner with sunglasses on and a leather jacket and um, just just sitting there, not saying anything. And the owner counted out the one-sixth one of the week for me and um, thank you very much. And then the next night, same thing, got paid for, for the second night in, in, in cash. And then on the third night, he said, you know what, I, I don't like your band, you, you're fired. And um, we had a, a, a contract through the musicians union, and uh, I said, well, um, you have to pay us off uh, for 72 hours according to the contract. And he said, I'm not gonna pay you anything, you're fired. And I said, well, then our, our recourse is that I called the union office and uh, no more union bands can come and play in your club until we get this settled up. And he, he just laughed. He said, listen, kid, I paid the mafia a lot of money and I can tell the union to go get effed. And uh, at that point, it seemed like the conversation was over. So I said, well, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. So um, I called the closest union office, which is in Sacramento, and they said, oh gosh, I'm really sorry that happened. That's, that's, that's a tough break. Gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Good luck on your next gig. And so he was right.
So the next day we were trying to decide what to do and um, we, we came up with the idea that we would just refuse to leave until we got paid. And so we, we went and told the, the owner that um, we're not leaving until we get our money. And he pointed to this great big guy who was the bouncer um, and he said, look, guys, totally up to you. You can move your equipment or he can move your equipment. Your choice. trying to get paid. George Resendez had a cool little tale to tell. Went like this. There's a woman in town named Linda. She's a real character. She lives up on Morgan Hill. And she calls me at 9 o'clock in the morning one morning, just screaming and yelling into the phone, George, George, they want you to open for Taj Mahal tonight. Blah, 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 blah. I've got the number. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, our numbers were one away from each other. And so somebody from um, Portland, it's a big sort of Rococo theater, it'll come to me. Anyway, someone from there had called Linda looking for me. And Linda didn't know my number, so, but she knew that I was working at the boiler room. <laughs> she calls the boiler room, and they said, sorry, we can't give out volunteers' numbers. Well, Linda's a character, so she starts screaming and yelling at him, you got to give me his number, you got to give me his number. They want him to open up for Taj Mahal tonight. This is 9 o'clock in the morning. I had to move, so time, it put my face in a permanent frown. Now I'm feeling so much better, I can keep walking at the time. So finally, um, I think Terry, Terry gave her, uh, they got in touch with Terry, and Terry said, oh yeah, give her the number. So I call up, and, um, and I talk to this guy named something or other, right? And he says, uh, yeah, the, the opener for Taj uh, canceled tonight. We want you to play. And I was like, how did you get my number? He says, I have no idea. So I show up at the club at 6 o'clock for sound check. The manager, the woman who's managing the theater. No, wait a minute. Says, who, wait a huh? minute. You drive all the way to Portland? I drive all the way to Portland. Okay. So I thought I was being... But, so I drive down. Uh, it sounded legit, you know. So he gave me the owner's name, and he and uh, but he says he doesn't know how he got in touch with me. Anyway, so I drive down there, and I show up, and the, the house manager goes, "Who are you? I'm George. I'm opening tonight." She said, "Well, we don't have any information on you." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And uh, and she says, well, I guess you're opening, so go talk to the sound guys. I go to the sound guys, they don't know anything about me. They check my sound, and I set up, and then they send me my green room. I meet Taj real briefly. I go out and do my set, 
um, sell most more CDs than I ever sold. I go home, three days later I get a check in the mail, and I thought Bill Kiley was booking Taj at the time. And I thought Bill Kiley might have given my number, so I called Bill Kiley up the next day, and he says, nope, I didn't give him your number. I called back down to the club to talk to the owner, and he goes, I have no idea who gave who and how and what. Nobody knows anything. That's a, a Outer Limits or a Twilight Zone story. Nobody has any clue. I'm totally mystified to this day. I have no idea how I got that gig. So fun opening for Taj. That was my dream gig. Well, all right then. One of George's dreams come true. Del Rey had some interesting stories. Here's a couple of them. I know that I've had a number of really strange gigs. I mean, I've had both strange good and strange bad. One of my more recent ones was in Amsterdam, where things go on that just American liability would never let go on. You know, I think because they have universal health care, they can have dangerous venues all they want in the Netherlands. Because, you know, if somebody falls down, they're not going to sue you. They're going to get health care, right? So this boat, it's parked down in the canal that's right across from the giant library. And it looks like it used to be a working fishing boat. And up in the captain's part of it, there's a full bar and a bunch of like really bohemian types drinking. And then down in the hold is this tiny little theater. And that's where my gig was. And um, I found out when I got there that I had an opening act, which was eight women playing ukuleles and steel guitar. This incredible band, and like one of them's dressed as a 1940s nurse, and another one's dressed as the cat lady, and it's just, it's, they're just the greatest band, and that's my opening act, and that was one of the best weird gigs I've ever had. And I really didn't know it was going to be like that. I just was like, okay, well, here's the address. It looks like it's in the water. <laughs> time I come round in your neighborhood Somebody's sending the right call I come round in your neighborhood Somebody's sending the right call Seem like these police and officials Don't wanna let me have a ball My baby's a jockey He taught this little girl just how to ride My baby's a jockey He taught the little girl just how to ride
He says, when it get tough in the middle, darling Why don't you try it on the side? those gigs in Mexico where it's theoretically a pretty good paying gig but then my friend Danny Schechter had to go literally every day for the next six months to the licenciado's office to try and get paid you know that kind of gig where oh I'm sorry the licenciado isn't in today you know and there he is in the back room <laughs> finally it's just sheer persistence he got paid you know my baby got lucky he played high-low and won the game Yeah, my baby got lucky Played high-low and won the game And since that man's been lucky He don't treat Paul me the same really strange uh the thing that is most interesting about doing these gigs especially now in the age of the house concert you really get inside people's lives right and their friends lives because it's mostly their friends probably that come to their house concerts so this was out in waco texas you know i make this long trip from austin to waco and you know it's waco it's out there in texas Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Cross the Brazos said Waco I'm safe when I reach San Antonio He glanced back on And um, when I get there, it's like 
this spread. It's, it's like out of giant, this giant piece of land. And the mom has her like sunset homes and gardens house from the 60s over here. And the brother who spends literally 18 hours a day mowing on his power lawnmower has his house over there. And then there's the guy who's putting me on, who's the brother who has built a house that is from the visual aspect entirely 1895. Like even the lighting and the refrigerator, it's all disguised. So he's wanted to he wanted to live in 1895 as a guitar maker and that's you know so that's his house so that's where I'm playing and that's pretty cool, but then when the gig comes up, it's pretty small and this group of young people come in, and the girls there's seven of them and they're all modestly dressed you know like with the little hats and the long sleeves and the skirts down to their knees and then there's their fat slob of a brother who comes in, who is in charge of them because that 13 year old was their male accompaniment, you know, to go somewhere. And the girls immediately start asking people what they want and bringing things to them. And the brother sits himself down in my, on the stage and picks up my guitar. And I'm like, you can't play that. You need to ask permission. And he just looks at me like, <laughs> you know, and so I, at the end of the gig, you know, I'm just I'm like, I'm like sitting down with the promoter, like, okay, give. What's the story about those girls? And they're like, well, their father is a religious cult leader. And he had a vision about six years ago that he needed to learn to fly. And because our ranch is so big, we fly everywhere to go places. And so we have a small airplane club. And he came to us to learn how to fly. And through the course of that, all the kids, all the girls learned how to do it too. And so that, that we're their only, like they trust us enough to let them go there. And we're literally their only touch with the outside world at this point, other than the cult. And I was like, oh my God. God, because those girls, they, they were in the back row and they were watching me and just like, you know, like literally putting their little, because they, they, I don't think they'd ever seen a free range woman. And I was like, well, I guess that's, I'm doing my job here. That was a weird gig. <laughs> I had to watch my tongue. or the ukulele it's like these people i mean that's the function of music peter completely different tribes who probably hate each other have to like somehow you know like the thing that makes somebody in one tribe go to the other tribe or like enables them to communicate is the music that's what it's for you know in its most primitive sense it's this thing that you can do with a stranger or that can attract you to a stranger so that you don't bite them. I say crying don't help you pray and don't do no good. 
say cry don't help you pray and don't do no good when that levy breaks brother you got to move cause she's a mean old levy she caused me to weep and moan that's a mean old levy she caused me to weep and moan i had to leave my baby and my happy home What you want me to do? I ain't got nobody to tell my troubles to. Cause if it keep on raining, the levee's gonna break. Keep on raining, the levee's gonna break. Water gonna come, won't have no place to stay. Also had a chance to chat with Caleb Clowder, but first we had a few laughs. had to go back to the original Foghorn String Band, come up with something. I asked him the strangest gig they might have had. Wait, what, wait, what's a gig? <laughs> I can't even remember gig. OGF, we call it original Foghorn. We went and played in Malaysia at the Rainforest World Music Festival. We were the first American band they'd had there. And I think it had been going on for seven or eight years or so I think at that point and and like being in the tropics you know just like on the basically on the equator in the North China Sea we ended up actually going to the island of Borneo because Malaysia is on the mainland and it's also over on the island of Borneo and most of Borneo is Indonesia and part of Borneo is Malaysia and we were in this little town called Kuching which is which is um it means like cat city and there was like a International Cat Museum in Kaching, and there's statues of giant cats all over the city. And but the, the gig was so amazing because it was like, you know, we were really, really foreigners. Like it was just, you know, there was a band from Pakistan and a band from India and a band from the Ivory Coast and a band from Italy and a band from Scotland and a band from, you know, uh, Thailand and a band from, I mean, just on and on and on. And then there was this like. Foghorn String Band from America. <laughs> of all the bands that you could have from America, of all the different kinds of music you could have from America, they had Foghorn String Band.
the the the, the space where the vest, festival was 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 like a tourist park where they had like brought in examples of all these different tribes that lived out in remote Malaysia. If you were to go down a river in the back country, you'd come across the tribe that lived this way and did these kinds of things and had these kinds of traditions. So there's this like little park that you could walk around in and all these different buildings all over the place were stylistic to to each kind of family and tribal member, tribal group. So we were in this setting that was just like bizarre and, and interesting. And but here we were like, you know, we're all walking around in cowboy boots and button up shirts and like just like jeans and stuff. And it's like you you move two feet and like you're just dripping with sweat. And I remember we went to do our sound check for the thing and just like after a song or two of sound check, like where all of us are just like completely soaking wet. We have to change your shirt. The festival starts going on and we're walking around and they have little workshops where they were putting like all the fiddle bowed instruments together to do like a little workshop. Or another workshop where like all the plucked, you know, stringed instruments were together and then all the percussion things. And so you'd see Sammy up there with like this crazy weird bowed thing from like China, you know, or somewhere. And Sammy's up there playing fiddle. And, and just, just our kind of like the juxtaposition that we were put into was just so crazy. And, and then it got to be like, other bands were performing and we, we hadn't performed yet on the main stage. And the main stage was really pretty big. And I'd say there's about five or 6,000 people in the audience. And so it was a big main stage act kind of thing and lots of lights and lots of all this and like literally flying squirrels are jumping out of like, flying foxes are jumping off of trees and flying across the crowd, like these huge like kite looking like animals and landing in a tree and you're just like. like how big were they? Like, you know, like imagine a cat jumping out of a tree and flying across the yard and landing <laughs> in a bush, but over everyone's head. And it's between its legs was like, you know, like the size of a cat, big cat. A lot of the bands, the, the country that they came from sent their like, their top act, like, you know, tight little microphones in, in like outfits that represented their culture. And like, like it's almost like the, the band that would be on like, stars of America, like the best, the best of the bestest, you know, and they were, they were really like had a show to put on and it was, it was like outfits and dancers and like 12 people in the group and like lighting was really intense and, and then there was Foghorn and we had one microphone and we all sat in a chair and the stage was huge and we, we took up like, you know, six square feet <laughs> of this like massive, massive stage. And it was just, everything about it seemed just, we were like, where are we? Who are, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Everything was just so, just random. I mean, I, this story can go on and on for a long time, but I just found it like, it was weird in so many ways. Like, it was a normal gig in the sense we played our music and people danced, right? And it was nice production. It wasn't a bizarre place, but, uh, oh, the, the best part about it was at the end of our set, we played a waltz.
We were playing all this ruckus, loud, fast music, and we played a waltz, and nobody really knew what to do with themselves. Like 5,000 people aren't going to start waltzing, necessarily, especially a bunch of Malaysians who don't really maybe have waltz as their thing. So they all just, like, join hands in, like, a swaying, like, like a whole sea of everybody just, like, swaying back and forth to this, like, waltz we were playing. And I mean, it almost made me cry, just the amount of, like, bonding that we all got out of music we walked off stage 
and there was the American like ambassador to Malaysia. Everybody important was invited, and this person we got off stage, and he said like. I, th I think you guys just did m more for American relations in this country than I could ever imagine ever doing myself, you know, just by like getting and playing this happy music for people and making everyone kind of smile and dance at Americans. You know, it was like, it was a, it was a rough time in the U.S. politically. It what was, year was that? It was after 9-11, so everyone was like, don't go to any Muslim countries or don't gather in large crowds. Like a lot of my family was saying, don't go.
And then my last little bit I'm going to tell you is that we were staying in this hotel, but there was this pool. So we would spend like all of our downtime at the pool. And there was a bar that was down in the pool. So you could swim up to the bar and like sit on a stool and get a beer. But the bar wasn't being like used or run by anybody. So it was actually just an empty pit down in the pool. So we would like get beers and bring beers and we would go down into the bar and have all our beers and our instruments. And like, you could be playing down inside the pool in the, in the bar and someone could swim up to you and you could like hand them a beer. Or you could just like put your guitar down and jump over the bar into the pool and go for a swim. So we had these like awesome jam sessions and it had like a little roof on it, you know? So it's like a little, like a, almost like a gazebo. We would be playing tunes down there and jamming and like drinking beer and swimming, just trying to stay cool. We'd, we'd be in there constantly. And one night, the band from the Ivory Coast, the African band, they were mostly drummers and some dancers. That was kind of their, their act was drumming and dancing. And they came down and one of the drummers joined us and one of the dancers came down into the little bar thing and they started jamming along with us playing foghorn string band tunes, you know? And just that combination of the, the African hand drum and the guy dancing with, you know, like John Brown's Dream or, or you know, Breaking Up Christmas just floored me and blew my mind and like the rhythmic like combination and they were speaking French and we were speaking English and so all it was was just smiles. incredible amazing musical bonding experience across like cultures and beautiful
Crack in the Vault is made possible in part with the generous support of our friend and musical colleague Bill Roggensack from up in Alberta. In his own words, he notes that achieving mastery of the guitar remains an elusive goal. Someday, he hopes to travel the world and live on the proceeds from busking. But so far, he's followed his son's advice to not give up his day job. We thank you, Bill, most sincerely for your continuing support and encouragement. When I was in Missouri, baby, would not let me be. When I was in Missouri, baby, would not let me be. You wouldn't stay content till I came back to Tennessee. Follow me, honey, I turn your money green. Follow me, honey, I turn your money green. Lord, I give you more money than Rockefeller ever seen. If the river was whiskey and I was a diving duck. River was whiskey and I was a diving duck. Lord, I swim to the bottom and Lord, I'd never come up. Follow me, honey, I'll turn your money green. Follow me, honey, I'll turn your money green. Lord, I give you more money than Rockefeller ever seen. I'd holler around murder, but the victims sound too small. Holler around murder, but the victims sound too small. Lord, my woman don't quit me, throw my trunk right out the door. Follow me, honey, I'll turn your money green. Follow me, honey, I'll turn your money green. Lord, I'll give you more money than Rockefeller ever seen. I've been down so long, baby, seem like up to me. Down so long, baby, seem like up to me. Lord, the woman I'm loving got a heart like a rock in the sea. I said the river was whiskey and I was a diving duck, uh-huh. River was whiskey and I was a diving duck. Lord, I swim to the bottom and baby, I'd never come up. Let's get it now. When I was in Missouri, they would not let me be. In Missouri, baby, would not let me be. They wouldn't stay content till I came back to Tennessee. Follow me, honey, I'll turn your money green. Follow me, honey, I'll turn your money green. Lord, I'll give you more money than Bill Gates ever seen. Equal time.
That was a Furry Lewis tune, Dermon Money Green, as rendered by Jerry Ricks. Ricks was born in 1940 in Philadelphia. By the time he was a teenager, he was booking traditional blues men into the coffee house where he washed dishes. He was there he met and learned from Sun House, Brownie McGee, Mance Lipscomb, Thanks. Sleepy John, Skip James, Curry Lewis, everybody it seems like. He spent much of the 70s and 80s in Europe. He found new audiences there. He made records in Germany and Hungary and Yugoslavia. In the 90s, he returned to the United States for a while before deciding to settle down in northwestern Croatia where he died of a either a brain tumor or brain cancer in 2007. He was at the Port Townsend Blues Festival in 2000 and he left us with this. I didn't live that many places, just New York, Virginia, Brigantine Island, Amsterdam, Vienna, Basel, Italy, Montreal, Toronto, Tennessee, Mississippi, Kansas City, Philadelphia. So you probably wonder why they call me Philadelphia. That's just because I was born there. They also call me Tennessee. Maybe this year I'll be called Port Townsend. just about out of time but thanks for listening my name is peter mccracken and i'll see you down the road if the creeks don't rise Get your hands together. Don't stop. Ain't going down, mama. You're supposed to clap in rhythm. I know you ain't going away. That's right. Pretend you're on a work farm. Ain't going down, mama. Who, Lord, I said you ain't going away. Maybe I shouldn't play the guitar. Lord, I ain't going down, baby. Lord, I ain't got no place to stay. I got it. 
When I'm gone, baby, thanks a lot. Don't hang crap on my door. I got a little excited there. I said I won't be gone I just won't be in Port Townsend no more Had a dream last night Baby, when I raised back up in my bed Dream last night Mama, when I raise back in my bed Lord, I dreamt a woman I've been loving for 40 years I said I found out she was dead Went down to the graveyard And I looked down in her face Feeling most ever had. Ooh, no. 
song. People done told me. I said, the word blues ain't so bad. Worst old feeling. Lord, I said, this poor boy most ever had. Thank you. Thanks for your help.